everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the Balls Out Podcast. We're here, it's uh, Wednesday night, it's about 11pm. The Bucks-Hawks game just wrapped up, we'll be talking about that a bit later. And um, Zach, there's just one thing that I noticed over the course of this week. Oof. You know, I actually picked up on it too, and it's it's been killing me, dude. It's been tearing me to pieces inside. Yeah, so it appears that we didn't get any Venmos this week. So um, I've been eating out of dumpsters. Uh, <laughs> I just got evicted from the cardboard box I've been living in. Uh, it's been pretty tough on your boy. Uh, Zach, how you been living this last week? I'm I'm wasting away, dude. I'm wearing glasses this week because I couldn't afford contacts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really fucking struggling at this point. And more so emotionally I'm hurting to know that the friends that I thought I had just really don't <laughs> have my back in the long run anyway. Yeah, I thought people cared about us, but here we yeah. are screaming into the void. <laughs> hey, the show must go on, so we'll keep That's going. right, and go on it shall. So, last night was... Mm, probably the most exciting game of the season so far in the Clippers-Suns game two where the Suns came away with the victory. And they came away with a one-point win over the Clippers in dramatic fashion. Now, the last 90 seconds of this game, last 90 seconds of game time, took 33 minutes of real time. Oh my god, dude. Just crusty. Yeah, it was a classic uh, Scott Foster stealing the show. I think they reviewed uh, four plays in the in those last like uh, two or three minutes or so. So this game was hard fought. Devin Booker had a fucking broken nose. Pat Bev <laughs> had stitches in his forehead, and he was bleeding out his mouth and nose by the end of the game. <laughs> it looked like a, a full blown gladiator cage match. And somehow it wasn't due to a Pat Bev dirty play, which is fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, it was all... No flagrants were called on either play. Um, Booker and Pat Bev, uh, about midway through the game, just kind of bonked heads, incidentally. Uh, Bev's forehead hit Book's nose. They both had to leave the game, both bleeding. And uh, later in the game, in a crucial possession... Booker gets tagged with an offensive foul for a forearm up to Pat Bev's uh, nose-mouth area. Bev kind of had a late, you know, head-jerk reaction to sell it, but there was definitely contact. It was probably an offensive foul. They reviewed it for a flagrant, and it wasn't, which is the right call. Um, but apparently Dame Lillard thought otherwise because he tweeted, flop like a MF right after the play. <laughs> wow, Dame's so salty sitting on his couch right now watching these games, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? So um, the last few minutes of this game, it was mostly PG and Booker trading buckets. Um, so right after uh, Booker got tagged with the offensive foul and it was Clippers ball, they were down three. And uh, on the other end, Booker runs through a, a screen and uh, does so illegally, picks up his fifth foul, sends PG to the line in the bonus, who hits both free throws. It's not something we'll be seeing later. Um, <laughs> with 57 seconds left, then on the other end, yeah, on the other end, campaign who was terrific in this game. He finished with 29, nine, and 
for 29 points, 9 assists, and 0 turnovers. He went to the rim, got stuffed by Zubak off the backboard. Clippers take it and run in transition, and PG finishes the layup to take a 1-point lead with 30 seconds left. Then Book hits an elbow jumper right in Bev's busted up face to go up one with just under 30 seconds left. He got the two for one that he was looking for, but that didn't even matter because PG on the other end also hits an elbow jumper of his own to go back up one with 20 seconds left. Wow, are you and saying a, Paul George clutch? Um, that's what I'm saying so far. <laughs> so then with nine seconds left, so Booker was uh, dribbling around for a while. Suns were trying to get something going. Bev pokes away the ball away from Booker, and it goes out of bounds, and it's ruled off Beverly. And um, after a very long review, the, <laughs> the, the official staff, they take out their microscope attached to a magnifying glass attached to a telescope to be able to tell that the ball was still kind of in Book's hands following the deflection. So technically, Book touched it last. Yeah, I think but, they said it went off one single hair on Devin Booker's hand after reviewing it under the microscope, right? Yeah, like a microscopic organism that was just chilling on the tip of Booker's middle finger. <laughs> microscopic just, organism chilling on the tip. Are you, <laughs> are you talking about the same thing right now? <laughs> I think we're both talking about Joe. <laughs> and what's going on down there? <laughs> what is going on down there? <laughs> But technically, book touches at last. But whenever this happens in real time, it's out on the defender. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's like the defender's making the move for the ball; he's hitting it, even if it technically like slides off of his hand. Isn't your hand technically part of the ball when you have the ball? Um, definitely not on tips out of bounds. But like in terms <laughs> well, of foul, let's foul take shooters, yeah. With the rules here. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> this was the most prime example of ball don't lie that I've ever seen. So since it was off Booker, Clippers get the ball back up one so the Suns have to foul. They foul Paul George with about eight left on the clock. And he misses both free throws. <laughs> Mega cuck, dude. I fucking yeah. watched it in real time. I couldn't believe it. When he missed the first one, I was like, okay, you know, Paul George, classic, jittery at the end of big games. No big deal. There's no way he's going to miss both, though. Like, at least put him up two so they'd have to hit a three to win or you're going to overtime. Boom. Back room on the second one. Blows it. Campaign comes up with the big rebound. Just making a huge, huge play in the game. Yep. And, and they called they call the timeout. Call timeout, of course. Yep. And they tried to get Booker open, but the possession ended with... Or the possession didn't end, but... Um, the shot ended up being a uh, Mikael Bridges corner three that he missed long. And the rebound, it looked to me like it went off Aiton, but apparently went off a Clippers player after yet another review. <laughs> and uh, the broadcast didn't show this replay a million times like it did with the other ones. So I'm kind of thinking they're trying to protect the refs here, try to keep them mm. from looking bad. Yeah, they'd be doing that a lot, actually. <laughs> Yeah, like I've noticed, like after bad calls, they just don't show the replay. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, well. Yep. Kind of, kind of want to be able to see what happened, but they'll show the replay of of like the same made basket from three minutes before, just like five exactly. times in a row, instead of showing the play that just happened. Very sneaky refs. We're on to you. <laughs> instead, this time they just showed the referees huddled around the monitor and like players pacing around. But it was rolled off the Clippers. Suns ball with uh, less than a second left. I think it was 
and Jay Crowder was inbounding from the baseline. So the Clippers subbed in Boogie for Reggie Jackson to defend the inbounder, and th this this is big later on. <laughs> so in what is at my at this point my favorite player from the season so far, Jay Crowder from the base baseline just delivered the most spot on lob pass directly over the rim, which you're allowed to do when you're inbounding from out of bounds because you can't shoot. So any ball is in play. There's no goaltending. And Aiton just, he gets free from a little screen from Booker, gets just enough space to zip by Zubak, elevate over him, and throw it down. And originally, time expired, but after another review, they put <laughs> .7 back on the clock, which seems like a lot of time. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a lot of time to me. It seems like you're literally going to touch the ball and the game is going to be over, no matter what. Yeah, but only point two going off the clock on the lob. Yeah, I guess. I would think I would think it'd be more than point two, like him catching it and slamming it through. I would think that'd be at least half a second. Especially when originally they had the clock expire. It's a pretty big difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can see who the NBA was rooting for. Oh, yeah. So then with no timeouts, the Clippers are forced to stay with Cousins on the court, even after the review, because the review doesn't count as a substitution period. And they were really trying to get Reggie back in the game. Like, they had him at the baseline ready to inbound the ball, and they had to pull him out and stick Boogie back out there. And uh, they get it into PG, who misses a prayer that he probably didn't even get off in time. And that's the game. Wow. I mean, dude, that was crazy to see at the end. DeAndre Ayton just looked like like a dad just holding like a piece of candy away from his little kid over <laughs> Zubats. Like Zubats jumped up, did not even come close to contesting it, oh, and DeAndre no. was just daddy over the top, slamming mm -hmm. it down. And yeah. it was insane that PG missed both free throws to leave the door open. And then I thought with point nine seconds left, it's like how often are there point nine like one second left in a game? less than one second left in the game, and you know the team has to go for an alley-oop or just a tip-in or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it, like 90, oh, maybe 99% of the time, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't go through. And, of course, in game two of the playoffs, DeAndre Ayton's first year in the playoffs, and he's just been killing it the entire time. And, of course, he comes through in the clutch. And Jay Crowder's the one throwing it in. Like, imagine, they didn't even have, they would have loved to have Chris Paul throwing the ball in on that play. And they right. have fucking Jay Crowder. It helps to have that height on the inbound pass, especially when they're sticking a big center in your face. Yeah, that's true. So. Except, for, uh, except for Kyle Lowry's inbound pass last year in the playoffs when he fucking chucked it like halfway across the court to Ananobi in the corner for that buzzer. Over, ta over Taco Fall. Over Taco. The height didn't even fucking matter at all, dude, unless no. if you're a sniper. I saw Taco Fall for the first time in person the other night at the at a Connecticut Sun game. He was sitting courtside with Grant Williams. Jesus. Did you try and shake his hand? No. <laughs> you didn't want to lose your hand? No. But I wish I got to see him standing up. I only saw him sitting down, and his legs like went from like the court side seats almost onto the court. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, that guy's a monster. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, Paul George just absolutely <laughs> blowing it again. After hitting the side of the backboard in Game 7 <laughs> last year against the Nuggets, 
he comes up with yet another playoff low light, just <sighs> blowing two free throws at the end. Would have put him up three. They would have needed a three just to tie. They couldn't have won on an alley-oop. And instead of going 1-1 back to L.A. with all the confidence, now it's 0-2 going back to L.A. Chris Paul prob- most likely coming back in game three, they're saying. And Paul George feeling the absolutely brutal ridicule of social media and mm-hmm. current and former players just annihilating him. I'm sure Dame tweeted something else after <laughs> the game besides just what he tweeted about Patrick Beverly. Yeah, something like, oh, that's a bad shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, free throws are bad shots now, too. <laughs> They're coming <laughs> from Paul George. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I. Um... I love to hate Paul George as much as the next guy. He's such an easy target. The way off P of Nick Dame is so good. But it really seemed like he was going to shake that moniker that he he's really gotten. Um, that, that monkey on his back. It looked like he was going to shake that off. But then he goes and misses the, the, <laughs> the biggest free throws of the game. God, probably the biggest free throws of his life, dude. Like, he's never made it to the finals. He's been in the conference finals before, but... Never really had this good of a chance because before he was with the Pacers playing against LeBron, this is the time. This is the chance to actually make it to the NBA Finals. So this is the time to prove that he's actually the man. He's clutch, and you blew it. Right? Yeah the 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 three guys for the Suns, Booker, Payne, and Aiton, really carried them here. Um, Aiton with the lob, he finished with twenty four and fourteen, shot twelve of fifteen. You know that's what we've been seeing from the playoffs from them are super high um, shooting percentages and double doubles. We love him, dude. We love DeAndre Ayton on the pod. Yeah, this is a pro Ayton podcast. This is a pro. Um, what was that? The twenty seventeen draft. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Uh, twenty eighteen, because then it was eighteen, nineteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, so a twenty eighteen draft. Yeah, we're very pro twenty eighteen drafts on this pod. Pro, um, pro Bahamian basketball players on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> and like I said earlier, Payne had the twenty nine and nine with zero turnovers. It was very Chris Paul esque. He just blended seamlessly into the point guard role. And Booker with a broken nose, very iconic images of him from this. He had twenty clutch buckets down the stretch. Was the decoy on that eight in play? Set the screen on a. Uh, Zubak and uh, drew a whole bunch of gravity and really sprung him open. Yeah, would you say campaign is campaigning for that starting role next year? Ooh, uh, uh. ooh perhaps. It'll be tough. They'd have to move, uh, move some pieces around. <laughs> perhaps. Uh, yeah, but, but potentially. Potentially. So, crazy game two. Now that puts the Suns up 2-0 in the series. Uh, They won the first game behind Devin Booker's 40-point triple-double, which is just insanely nasty. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) not too, too much to say about that. The fact that he came out without Chris Paul in the conference finals. I mean, they made it to the conference finals. This is his first year in the playoffs, and he's absolutely balling out. He's just cementing himself as definitely one of the best players in the league. Just one of, like, the coldest scorers in the league. And he's... (laughs) I guess, unlike Paul George, not afraid of the big moments, and you would definitely trust Devin Booker to get it done at any point now. Oh, yeah. If they had a playoff MVP award, I would say that Booker and Trey Young are pretty neck and neck for it. I'd give a slight edge to Trey, but those would be the candidates. 
And is Devin Booker the hottest player still in the playoffs right now? Um, since Simmons got eliminated last round, yes, I would say so. <laughs> and even with Simmons, it'd still be too easy. <laughs> oh, never mind. Serge Ibaka's still in. Oh, yeah. God damn it. He's handsome. <laughs> and he's French. Tough to compete with. Oh, yeah. And jacked and ripped and also yoked. <laughs> Speaking Did of I mention he's though. fit and he's strong? <laughs> and he's a chef, dude. <laughs> And did we mention he can cook? <laughs> and that he's jacked. <laughs> yeah, and he makes food and is also... I'm a fucking Donis. <laughs> so the Clippers find themselves in a very familiar situation here. They're down 2-0 yet again, like they were in the first two rounds, and they pulled through. Most recently, last round over Utah. We didn't get to talk about that game six on the pod yet. Um, Rudy Gobert just got absolutely exposed. Dude, he's every year in the playoffs. It's just worse and worse. It's sadder and sadder to see. He just mm-hmm. the drop coverage, him hanging back. It's great that he can protect the rim and everything, but when you have a team that can just spread five out and just kills it on offense, it pretty much negates everything that he can do. I mean, he can't. You can't give it to him to score inside, even against smaller guys. It have to be lobs and has to be wide open dunks and layups. And then on the other end. He can't come out and defend the perimeter, so guys are just jacking threes on him or just pumping and going by. And in that Clippers series, it seemed like guys really weren't afraid to challenge him either at the rim, which also negates his effectiveness when that's supposed to be his greatest skill. He's a major fraudulent defensive player of the year three times over, which is just crazy to me how the the voters can just get fooled this many times and watch the same thing over and over in the playoffs. I think I've mentioned every single week that we've had a podcast that he isn't the best defender in the league because he can't guard the perimeter like other guys can. And that's such a huge part of defense is being able to stay in front of guys. It's not rocket science. <laughs> no, it's pretty easy. I mean, I get I get with the defensive numbers. I get the blocks. I get how Utah always has one of the best defenses in the league, but... And I get it is, it's a regular season award, so he holds it down the regular season, but then it comes to the playoffs, and it's like, dude, guys just aren't going to keep, it's not going to happen anymore, guys aren't going to keep voting for it because of how hard he's getting exposed at this point, so. And the fact that the Jazz got fucking bamboozled into paying him, what, almost a max contract last summer Mm. is, whew, that's... Hard pills to swallow, that's fucking on par with Mr. Krabs' pill in the SpongeBob episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes it almost impossible for him to put an actual bona fide second star next to Mitchell, which it really seems like he needs. In this game six, he did have 37, but it was potentially the least efficient 37 I've ever seen. He was 9 of 26 with five turnovers. Shit. So it also really hurts in this series that Mike Conley was hurt for a lot of it so I mean that's a tough one because maybe they'll be tricked into thinking like ah with a healthy Mike Conley maybe we could have beat him but it still seemed like the Clippers just had him figured out at that point and you think of the teams that are left still like who has a legit big time paid center on their team and that a guy that they're dedicating so much salary cap space to there's nobody it's is, Capel- Capel- is, Capel- is he the highest paid center left? 
No, I mean, Gobert's not. Uh, well, yeah, Gobert's out now. But the highest paid center is probably Clint Capella. I don't think it's Lopez. Yeah. It's definitely not Lopez. Capella probably makes, what, like 18 a year or something like that? Yeah, I remember he got the extension uh, before he got traded. Yeah, so he got a pretty good extension. Still, it's like it might, it's like 18, maybe 20 a year or something like that. Gobert's getting, what, like 30? 28 yeah, to 30? He, I was, yeah, I was going to guess 36 for some reason, but... And he has essentially the same skill set as Clint Capella, but just he's hyped. <laughs> he, like he's just literally hyped up because he's won Defensive Player of the Year. But he does the same thing: he catches lobs, he protects the rim, he can't come out on the perimeter on defense. Right. So that team that rosters Clint Capella, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, they took Game Seven from the one seed Sixers in Philadelphia in what we're going to have to call the Red Velvet game. The Red Velvet game. Let's fucking go, dude. Best, oh, ni- yeah. best nickname out here. Best nickname running right now. It's really good. I didn't know it until you just told me before the pod. I'll own up. Zach enlightened me. Put me on pretty, to the Red Velvet nickname for Kevin Herter. Pretty hot backcourt nicknames for the Hawks. You got Ice Tray and Red Velvet out there. That's pretty dope. All right, just give them the ring. Just give them the fucking ship now. Yeah, they don't need to play any more games. They got the fucking swag. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Herder, he had a 27 on 10 of 18, uh, 7 rebounds, and he was alongside Trey as the closer in this one. Trey kind of had an off game. They needed Herder to step up. Trey only had 21 on 5 of 23, shot 2 of 11 from deep. Uh, had 10 assists, 6 turnovers. Yeah, 3 icy free throws by Kevin Herder towards the end of this game. Just starting to put it like coming through he coming through the whole game but coming through to put it away trey young with his very inefficient performance still also came through hit like a 30 footer towards the end which mm-hmm. just fucking ridiculous like yeah, the fact right. that what he was what four for 22 and then jacks up a 30 footer in the clutch is like with the mm-hmm. confidence that he and knows one of he's ten from deep it. <laughs> one of ten from deep, and he's like, dude, it doesn't matter. I'm still the fucking man. That's so awesome to see out there, especially from a tiny guy who's like six feet tall. He's like, basically, he might be smaller than me, and he's just out there fucking <laughs> battling with the Giants and just putting up crazy shots and coming through. Oh, yeah. And uh, the real story in this one, or I should mention in beat step. Excuse me. I should mention Embiid's stat line. He had 31 and 11, but with eight turnovers. He was trying to pass out of the post a lot. Wasn't working. Hawks were swarming. I didn't know that Hawks traveled in swarms, but here they are. <laughs> they were flocking. That's what I should say. The Hawks were flocking. Uh, Hawk a flock of flame. <laughs> <laughs> but the big story, the thing that everybody is talking about from this one is when the 76ers were down 88 86, Ben Simmons passed up. Such a wide open dunk. The only guy in the vicinity was Trey Young, who didn't even have a play at him. And he passed up the open dunk to a contested Thibault, who got fouled and hit one of the two free throws. So even though they only missed out on one point there, it really seemed to be a big turning point for them because it essentially locked Simmons in as someone who's not a threat on offense at the end of the games. Yeah, basically locked Ben Simmons in as a big coward who is so afraid of the fucking moment at the end of the game. And, dude, you have a wide-open dunk, and you're fucking 6'10", and you can 
yam the ball. You could dunk over probably most people in the game anyway if they're there. Even if Trey Young was standing under the basket, you could massacre him underneath by just slamming on him. And you pass open a pass up a wide open dunk to give it to Tybal, who's in his second year and is. I mean, I guess Tybal is maybe a better. He's a better scorer than Ben Simmons at this point, probably. Mm-hmm. Even though just because he attempts, he's an awful scorer. The, <laughs> yeah, he's fucking awful, but he makes the occasional three, and he'll still take some shots. Ben Simmons, at this point, like just with that pass, passed up open dunk like secure just punched his fucking ticket out of Philly right there. And maybe that's what he was going for, but if that <laughs> was the case, he fucking nailed it because I feel like there's no chance he's going to be in Philadelphia next year. I agree. I think that I said going into this game that if they lose, I think his future in Philadelphia is in question. Do you have it? Where, where would he even be a good fit though? Like who would give up a valuable asset? For Ben Simmons to try to make him work in their lineup, they'd have to be a team that has nothing going for them—a team starting from scratch, right? Yeah, it would have to be a really, really bad team. But like, if it's a really bad team, I mean, the NBA draft lottery just happened last night. We found out which teams have like decent picks and stuff like that. Could Ben Simmons potentially get on the Warriors, bro? Could mm, he be that'd the be next? Interesting. Could he be the next Draymond? Could they trade? What? Could the, would the Sixers take Draymond and the number seven pick or something like that for Ben Simmons? Why would the Warriors trade Draymond? I don't know. Hey, Draymond for bigger not. question mark. For bigger question mark, maybe can be a Draymond Green yeah. when they have Draymond Green. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it's probably not a good move, but Ben Simmons is like what twenty three, twenty four. I mean, he's like twenty four years old. Yeah, if I was the Warriors, just like the chemistry that they have with Draymond, it wouldn't really make any sense. But it's I just don't really know where he could end up going. Like, like, can you Pist- see the the Pistons have Jeremy Grant? That's a go to guy right there. You're not gonna trade him for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Philly's got to get a guard. You know, um, how would you feel about the Thunder giving up Kemba? And maybe a pick, maybe two picks, for Simmons. If they could do that, I feel like that'd be the move because they don't have a lot of guys taking up big cap space anyway. Like they just they have Kemba basically taking up cap space is just a filler right now. So if they could give Kemba and some picks to the Sixers, take a flyer on Ben Simmons and see what happens. That's not too bad, but mm-hmm. you're pairing him. I mean, it'd be a crazy lineup. You have Ben Simmons. You'd have Shea, Lou Dort, Pokashevsky, <laughs> Ben Simmons, whoever the fu- I don't even know who the fuck else is on the Thunder right now. Unless, if they're giving up their pick in this year's draft, then I don't even know if they... But I don't even know if they would give up their pick in this year's draft for Ben Simmons. Like, what's Probably the highest pick? A future pick. pick? They, they have it. I think they have 18 first rounders over the next like two or three years. Yeah, they do. So you could they could throw together some kind of package for them. Yeah. So I guess they could take a flyer, but it it'd be like them or the Rockets or the Magic or like some just shit ass team that really has no direction. Because if you're any sort of team that's building around any sort of other player besides Ben Simmons, 
Like, unless unless you're building around a guard, like a small guard, it doesn't seem like Ben Simmons is going to fit with him. What about Simmons and Maxi for, like, Zach Levine? Mm. You get Simmons with... You get Simmons with a stretch five in Vucevic. That's 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 good spacing around Simmons, which is necessary. And then Kobe White is the starting point guard. Maxi and Kobe White are the backcourt at that point. Yeah, well, Maxi's not not quite refined yet. Probably still come off the bench, but he seems yeah. poised to take a leap. He's got a lot of talent. It's better, bigger scoring threat than Ben Simmons by far right now. <laughs> right, even... it seems like if you if you want to get someone as good as like a Levine or a Beal in a Simmons trade, you kind of have to throw in Maxi because that's or even Thibault because those are valuable young players. And I'm not sure what the Sixers have left for draft picks. I don't think it's a lot. Which is insane because earlier this year it could have been Ben Simmons and. Just a little bit of filler for James Harden, pretty much straight oh, up. <laughs> we talked about how the Heat missed out on Harden a couple weeks ago and they got eliminated. Now it's now it's the Sixers getting hexed. The Sixers really, really could have used that fucking James Harden pulled hamstring right now in this series. Yeah, Harden with a pulled hamstring at least fucking shocked. Yeah, right. Speaking of. <laughs> Let's uh move on over to the the Bucks Nets game seven. Nice slide. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was I was waiting for the door to open there. Um, <laughs> hey, Paul George left it wide open for you, bro. <laughs> so, uh, Bucks took the dub here. You win, you win the prediction. I had Nets in seven. I think you had Bucks in seven. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. You also won. Uh, for those keeping track, you also won the the Hawks prediction because I had the Sixers. Oh, and uh, also also the the Clippers product prediction over the Jazz. So I'm fucking terrible at this. Dubs, baby, <laughs> expert shit. Thank God, Connecticut legalized sports betting, so I can fucking lose what little money I have. So anyway, the Nets <laughs> took the one fifteen to one eleven overtime win. Uh, despite a 48-point game from KD where he hit the physically the deepest two that one could possibly hit to force the overtime. If he was a shoe size smaller, the Nets would have won the game on that shot. But instead, he tied it up and sent it to overtime. Um, I think KD and Harden both played the entire game, all 53 minutes. Unreal. Fucking real, dude. Yeah, and Harden... Like we were saying, he's not afraid of Chuck, even on a bad hamstring. He shot 2 of 12 from 3, finished with 22 points, thanks to a lot of James Harden-esque free throws. He had 22-99. Um, that's Nets team. They were just all they were just hurt, you know. I mean, with Kyrie, it's probably a different story. We'll probably get a much, much... They probably win the series. They were title favorites with him. But instead, they had to play Bruce Brown 52 minutes. Jeez. Yikes, dude. <laughs> 53 for Harden, 53 for KD, 52 for Bruce Brown. And Harden, Harden 53 on a bum hamstring is fucking insane. I got to give him a little kudos for that one. That's really mm-hmm. impressive to go out there and at least try and grind it out. Yeah, I'm a big Harden is bad in the playoffs when it really matters guy, but this is not one that counts towards that. 
this isn't a there's no way to really tear Harden down on this performance. I mean, he had his balls out by just being out there. Yeah, absolutely. He fucking went for it. Kudos to him. And if if they had Kyrie healthy, if they had Harden healthy, this potentially could have been a sweep. <laughs> because the fact that this went to seven games with Harden coming back to play the last few on a bum hamstring, Kyrie leaving mm-hmm. in what, game three or game four? I think it was game, it was game four. Yep, and then Harden came back for game five. If they had had their guys, it could have been four or five. So, unfortunately for the Nets, better luck next year, guys. Yeah, what really stumped me here was that Jeff Green only played 13 minutes for how little depth the Nets had. And didn't he have a 27-point, 7-of-8 three-point shooting game five? Like, wasn't he an enormous part of that uh, win that gave him a 3-2 lead in the series? Yeah, he absolutely went off in Game 5, and you're playing Bruce Brown 52 minutes. Like, you could switch it up a little bit. You could take maybe, like, five minutes off of that and play him nearly the entire regular regulation game and throw Jeff Green a couple more minutes here mm-hmm. with with some fresh legs, try and make a difference. Yeah, and he didn't, Jeff Green, he didn't even take a shot in those 13 minutes. He didn't even get a look. Sober the whole time, dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, he was DDing, I guess. <laughs> I think Harden. It seemed like Harden was trying, kind of trying to chuck his way at the end of the game to just like be on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've think, seen that one before. I think playing fifty-three minutes on a bum hamstring, it, maybe it might have seemed heroic at the time, but maybe it was just Harden like desperately trying to throw the game to get out of there and not have to try and come back for another round. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dog, fucking, it's little baby's birthday in a week. Like, I gotta fucking get out <laughs> to Cancun, dog. <laughs> On the other side of the ball, the Bucks they they really came to play. Um, they crashed the off. They they out hustled the Nets. They had eighteen offensive rebounds. They won the turnover battle, thirteen to seven. Giannis showed up in a big playoff game and closed the door, which is something that he's been criticized for he had 40 on 15 to 24 he hit two threes very nice 13 rounds five assists Middleton had a big game 23 10 and 6 with five steals and this was somehow the second game the series where he had a five steal game wow (laughs) nobody really looks at Middleton defensive stopper but look at the look at the boy right there give him a shout out oh yeah the stuff in the box score and Drew Holiday Pretty fucking weak game for most of it. Came through with some buckets late in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it was pretty decent. I wasn't too impressed by him. I was very surprised when he made shots at the end of the game. I thought it was crazy. He's been super hot and cold these playoffs. Yeah, I definitely expected more from him in this series, especially because I don't know who on the Nets was supposed to be guarding him the entire time. Maybe they had Bruce Brown on him, which... Bruce Brown is a pretty solid defender, but Drew Holiday should be able to get his own looks. Maybe it was just Game 7 jitters, though. Game 7. Game 7s do things to guys and make them play off of their games in different ways, but they still came through. They got the dub. It didn't make me feel very good about the Bucks uh, that win, and yeah, that just continued over to their first game of the conference finals against the Hawks. That happened tonight. 
So speaking of Bruce Brown and his defense, um, Shams just uh, tweeted a few hours ago that um, Thaddeus Young won the 2020-21 uh, NBA Hustle Award. And Bruce Brown replied to the tweet with just this emoji, just the fingers on the chin <laughs> thinking emoji. So he feels that like he got snubbed for the Hustle Player of the Year Award. Wow. I mean, are you really fucking... You're really arguing about Hustle Player of the Year? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, get back in the fucking gym, dude. You just got eliminated. <laughs> dude, I literally did not know that award existed until you just said that tweet. So <laughs> I don't yeah, think it's a know fucking either. big deal, Bruce Brown. Yeah. I mean, I get mad whenever someone who's not Kemba Walker wins a sportsmanship award, but that's just, I think I'm the only one. Well, that's deserved. Kemba's a stand-up guy. Nobody else is really, nobody else is really laying it out there like him in terms of yeah. not playing very great basketball, but still being really nice to the other team all the time. Yeah, I think it's uh, no coincidence that I won the uh, sportsmanship award on my, my senior year on the baseball team. There we go. There's the. I, I relate right very there. hard with that. Yeah, and I know uh, a member of your family also won the same award the year I did for yes. a different high school. <laughs> Shout out Griffin Beanie winning the sportsmanship hey. award for basketball. Fucking good missing, sports, baby. Missing layups, but fucking high fiving the other team afterwards, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing it. <out> Legend. There. <laughs> Led the <laughs> fucking. A... Le- <laughs> Led the league in cups of water gotten for teammates. <laughs> Stand-up guy right there, dude. He's helpful. He's considerate. <laughs> All right. So on that one, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to give you our instant reactions to the end of this uh, very close Bucks-Hawks Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. Spicy hot game. We're ready. Hey everybody, Sean here. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to give a shout out to my awesome, terrific, super talented girlfriend, Megan. Uh, She's a super talented artist. Her Instagram is at M-C-A-S-Art underscore. That's M-C-A-S-A-R-T underscore. She makes awesome sculptures. She has this great collection of woven sculptures. She also paints, takes awesome photos, does great graphic design work. She's truly a jack of all trades. So give her a follow and check out some of her work. Now, thanks. Back to the show. All right, everybody. We're back at it after that very intense Bucks-Hawks game that came directly down to the wire and ended with Ice Trey confirming his nickname and showing that he's the absolute man and he's not the Paul George of the East right now. <laughs> And he's 22 years old at this point. I'm pretty sure he's 20. Pretty sure he's 22. Kind of hurts to say it out loud. (laughs) But holy fuck, dude. Just absolutely coming through. Came in hot tonight. Ended with 48 and 11. 11 assists right there. Uh, Jacked up. 34 shots hit clutch free throws at the end of the game and just i mean dude 48 points (laughs) 48 points against 
what, Drew Holiday as your primary defender. They're getting the switches, but still, Drew Holiday's starting off on him every play. Drew Holiday fights as hard as he can through screens. And Trey still ended up with mega buckets in this one. Big time shout out to him. It, I watched him do it against the Knicks, and he's still doing it. He he did it against the Knicks, who were the best defense in the league regular season. He did it against the Sixers last round, who were one of the best defenses. And then first game against the Bucks, he does it again. Right. Um, neither team really shot the three ball well. The Bucks finished eight of thirty six. The Hawks eight of thirty two. So that's a combined whopping sixteen of sixty eight. Yeah, that's a big yikes. That's yep. under twenty five percent. And uh, five of the Bucks threes came from Drew Holiday, who was uh, the hot hand on offense throughout the game. He had something like thirty through the first three quarters, and then they locked him up in the fourth. Middleton is ice cold. Giannis was really their only chance to close, and he he scored a lot in the fourth. He caught some lobs. He caught a like a three quarters court pass to um, finish around the rim. Got an and one, but missed the free throw. Uh, it was like right when Holiday got shut down, and he was exerting so much energy on offense that that's why I'm thinking he wasn't fighting through all these screens on defense and sticking with Trey like he normally would. So maybe we see. Uh, a little change in the game plan next game. A little less, a little less holiday handling the ball on offense, and a little more defensive specialist. You know. Yeah, you gotta hope that Chris Middleton can step up then, because maybe that's why Drew felt like he had to take a larger role in the offense this time because Middleton just could not <laughs> handle it this game. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, it seems like Giannis is gonna do it up every single game. He's been consistently dominating throughout these playoffs just putting up big numbers not exactly getting it done in every way you want him to but he's still putting up the numbers he's getting like 30 points he's getting the rebounds every single time they just really need they need those other guys to step up if not one of them going crazy then both of them have to at least put up decent numbers in the game and Middleton just couldn't come through tonight right and for as amazing as Trey was he did get that help from um, other players on his team, like uh, John Collins had 23 and 10, shot 11 of 16, pretty awesome, hit a three, hit a huge corner three down the stretch, actually, that was a big shot. Um, huge and then the, three. The biggest shot of the game actually came from Clint Capella, he, uh, with about 30 seconds left, they were down one, and uh, Trey missed a midi, and uh, hit the side of the rim, and Capella corralled it, and then put it right back up, uh, he finished with 12 and 19. Nasty. And Collins actually had uh, 15 rebounds, so he had 23 and 15. Isn't that what I said? I thought you said 23 and 10, but... Maybe I did, and I'm wrong. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, 23 and 15. Oh, I was looking at defensive rebounds. Yeah, 23 and 15. But, yeah, 23 and 15 fucking monster game for John Collins right there, which is pretty hype. And, yeah, I mean, the Hawks just, they showed up in this one. They didn't hit the threes that they usually do, but they're streaky. The Bucks are also streaky. You can't really tell what's going to happen between those teams, like from game to game, just jacking them up like they do. Mm-hmm. But seems like what we know now is that Trey Young is going to come through in just about every fucking playoff game that he's in at this point. Oh, yeah. The whole team has really taken on his mentality and being just absolutely fearless. Like balls what, out shit right there. Balls out shit. Like every other team, you know, you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in the way they play. That they're nervous. You know, they're like, oh shit, it's the end of a playoff game. And you know, 
their ass their assholes pucker up a little bit. But <laughs> Trey Young and his boys, they're as loose as they they can be. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, that's right. A lot of teams balls in their stomachs. The Hawks balls fucking flying out, dude. Drop on the, the floor, shorts. man. Yeah, those things are hanging, dude. Those things fucking getting road rash. They're dragging so hard. You look like Randy Marsh with testicular cancer. <laughs> All the Hawks players just microwaving their nutsacks, getting ready for these conference finals. That's the secret, dude. Yeah, dude. People sleep on it. People sleep on having huge balls. <laughs> There's the badge in 2K microwave. That's actually what it is. <laughs> That's how you get it right there. <laughs> so, uh, Hawks lead that series 1-0. Uh, Suns lead their series 2-0 uh, over the Clippers. Let's get into some predictions. How do you think that the, these conference finals shake out? Well, on the Western Conference front, I haven't heard anything yet about Kawhi Leonard coming back. We know Chris Paul is going to be back for Game 3. I'm going to go ahead and say Suns and Six. Six? You're if, giving the Clippers two? Yeah. I mean, this one was real close. It just came down to Paul George absolutely hosing it. If Kawhi comes back, then the Clips have a good chance. But if not, then maybe they can steal a couple. But I think it'll be the Suns series to lose. Hmm. I think that this was the Suns' eighth win in a row, these playoffs. Which is... Um, kind of a benchmark, seeing as they went eight and zero in the bubble last year. Hey, and I don't see that streak ending this series. I got the Suns in a sweep, especially with Kawhi Leonard's status up in the air, and Chris Paul locked in returning for Game Three. All right, big baller shit, dude. Love to hear it. Oh yeah. Um, how Confidence. about the how about the Eastern Conference uh, Bucks Hawks? Hawks stole one on the road. Hawks stole the first one on the road. Bucks now got to come from behind. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say Bucks and six on this one. I still think the Bucks are gonna get it done. I want the Hawks to win, but I do feel like the Bucks got it. This is the postseason of Cinderellas. I'm. I got a Suns Hawks finals. The no the the finals that nobody saw coming. Nobody. Nope. Nobody. Two extremely hot cities in Atlanta and Phoenix in more ways than one. Square going toe to toe in these finals. I got the Hawks in seven. Yeah, hot as in COVID hotspots for most of the fucking pandemic <laughs> for those cities. What's COVID? <laughs> Doesn't what, exist. Pa- what pandemic? It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hawks and seven. You think another thriller for the Hawks and another one? They're gonna win another game seven off of their home court. Yep, and I. The Bucks just have so many question marks into games. I mean, Giannis has shown us lately that he can be a closer, but I'm not sure how long that lasts, especially with um, the Hawks being pretty well equipped to defend the rim with Capella. I think Capella was uh, one of the best defensive centers in the league this year. And um, But they don't make their, they don't cash their paychecks on the defensive end. It's their ability to just outscore teams to hold it together down the stretch. I think 
on the game's biggest stage at Game 7. I'm taking the Hawks. They just have to get there without falling behind in the series. And being up 1-0 is a great start. Man, it's just if Giannis with two MVPs <laughs> blows it in the conference finals to a Hawks team with most of the guys that have never made it before, that'd be fucking devastating and embarrassing yeah. for him. And the Bucks are kind of stuck in their rust roster construction. Like, what can they do? They, there's no like foreseeable way for them to blow it up if things go wrong. They just have to run it back, which I think is fine because this big three here is very good. Yeah. I mean, you make it to the conference finals, like, whatever. You might as well run it back and try again, see what happens, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's still pretty... It still would be pretty tough, because they're not really... And they're also missing Dante DiVincenzo right now. Not a huge piece, but still a bummer. Yeah, yeah starter. The Hawks, Everyone... the Hawks are missing fucking DeAndre Hunter and... Uh, what's it? Cam Reddish right now. And nobody yeah. really talks about that, either. And DeAndre Hunter was, like, their best defensive player this season, so... Right, the um, nobody's healthy, is the the harsh reality. Yeah. Suns miss Chris, uh, Chris Paul for like about half the games this playoffs. Um, Kawhi's down, Kyrie was down, Harden was injured, DiVincenzo, like you mentioned, is out. Embiid was playing a torn meniscus. Danny Green was out. Um, who else am I missing? Mike Conley was out. Um, the list goes on. Those are just the teams that were re- in it recently. Like, mm-hmm. there were just go, a fucking ton of guys. Go back to the Celtics. They're missing Jalen Brown and Kemba was hurt. Um, I'm trying to go through all the playoff teams in my head. Yeah, to sum it up, so many fucking injuries this postseason. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever makes it out of this, regardless, it's a fucking deserved championship because everybody's been banged up. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not a believer in the whole asterisk championships thing. Nah, I think Every, that's everybody's bullshit. playing in the same league. Exactly. You do it. You do what you got to do. You got to take it up. Right. All right. So we're moving on to our weekly segment. I look forward to this every week. It's our "Who Went Balls Out" segment. So each week we select a player, coach, or other basketball-related person that we feel went balls out in the last week. Zach. As is tradition, why don't you go first? <laughs> As is tradition, I'm gonna take my boy Campaign for his performance last Ooh. night. Um, not just for his basketball performance, but because I think he's looking for a Golden Globe or an Oscar because his fucking acting <laughs> performance on some of those flops, dude, were just unbelievable. Just throwing himself to the ground, grabbing his face, grabbing different body parts, and then soon as the whistle's blown, as soon as the refs are like, alright, yeah, you got the ball, you got two shots, just popping right back up, totally okay, like, ready to fucking run a marathon, ready to get in the fucking ring with a prize fighter, like, he's good to go, he's looking totally healthy. He must uh, have picked that up uh, watching soccer when he was playing overseas. <laughs> yeah, plenty of experience right there. But, last night, putting up 29-9, and nine, as the starting point guard without Chris Paul there, no turnovers. That's fucking balls out shit right there. And I've always been a, I, I think I said it on another podcast. I've always been a campaign believer. Uh, they back call you when the, he was on the Thunder. They call you the campaign manager. Nice. I'll take that. Not a bad nickname. 
Uh, I've when he was back backing up Westbrook on the Thunder, doing those fucking crazy handshakes with him before games. Mm-hmm. I was loving him then. He, I don't know what happened afterwards. He started bouncing around. I know he was on the Bulls at one point. He was overseas at one point, but it seems like he's really found his place in Phoenix right now. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul's aging. He's coming up behind Chris Paul right now. Like the way he's playing in these playoffs, seems like eventually he could be a good fill-in for him right there next to Devin Booker. Oh yeah, they have their successor in place. The uh, he's the vice president right now, and he's campaigning to run for office in the future. <laughs> That's right. He's getting he's getting his shit together. He's getting ready. He's ready to lead this team. <laughs> I I uh, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but a Bulls executive is quoted to have said that um, after two practices, they could tell that campaign didn't belong in the league. Wow! And now he's putting up twenty nine and nine. In the conference finals. Heads in the conference finals. Remarkable. Jesus. Wow. Well, that's the bowl. That's the bowls for you. The team that missed the playoffs this year. So. Yeah, you're either ball. You're either balls out or you're bowls out. <laughs> so we're not gonna go very far for my uh, balls out player. I'm sticking in Phoenix, and I got the man who Zach Lane claims is the second handsomest player in the league, and that's D Book. Now, this man, in game one of this series, touched on a bit earlier, but he had a 40-point triple-double. He had 40, 13, and 11. He shot 15 to 29 that game. Very efficient. Hit, knocked down three threes. Um, and then in game two, busts his nose up. I've seen, side, I've seen a million side-by-side pictures of him and Steve Nash when he busted his nose in what I believe was the conference finals against the... Spurs way back in the day in like 05, 06 and he just played through it finished with 20 hit but it's not the stat line that was impressive for him it's just the fact that he was the closer in this game he had a big elbow jumper um it's it's funny because uh he loved to go he was going left all the time and pulling up because uh it's very natural for him to do that must work on that part of his game a lot. But Bev was shouting to his team, force him right, force him right. And then in one of the biggest possessions of the game with Pat Bev on him, Booker goes right and hits the elbow jumper right in his face to take a one-point lead before Paul George returned the favor. And we already went through all that. But D-Book, it's been awesome, these playoffs. He's really... uh. Had a very impressive debut, playoff debut. Him and Trey Young both. First time in the playoffs, and they're outperforming everybody else. It's remarkable. Yeah. Two scoring guards that were labeled as good stats, bad team guys. That's right. Now, coming through as good stats, really good team guys at the moment. And it's pretty awesome to see. Yep, they'll be meeting in the finals this year for sure. (laughs) All right, I'd like to see. It. I mean, I would really like to see it. I think it'd be really fun. Mhm. Mhm. And that's two teams that have never won an NBA championship. So, regardless, oh. it would make history. Wow, that's true. It's true. Two very uh, troubled franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess every team left has waited quite a while for this. The yeah, the Bucks and the Clippers both. The the Clippers never made a conference finals until now. 
The Hawks have never made an NBA Finals. The Suns have never won a championship, and the Bucks haven't won a championship since 1971. So, uh, since like Kareem. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking 50 years ago. Jesus so Christ. it's either going to be one of the Bucks' first championship in 50 years, or one of these teams' first championship ever. So pretty awesome to see. <laughs> yeah, remarkable. So this is the portion of the podcast where we would uh, be reading uh, Venmos, most likely, unless we decide to put them <laughs> earlier. But um, once again, we'll have an attack. Oh, you don't yeah. have to cry, dude. Don't cry. Oh, oh Zach's just, crying. It, it fucking hurts, man. You guys made Zach cry. I'm really broken up inside over this one right now. Right. So um, is there anything else you'd love to say to the listeners before we sign off? Yeah. Venmo us, you motherfuckers. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but... Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate the support from everybody. Uh, yeah, no yeah, Venmos, I'll... but I did get a couple people that reached out to me this week, too, and said they really liked the podcast, they were listening, mm-hmm. they're going to mm-hmm. listen to future episodes. So that means a lot to hear from everybody, and we're going to keep on trucking. Yeah, we're, we're just busting balls on the whole Venmo thing. The thing that we really care about is your undying support, just the fact that you guys are giving us time out of your days to listen to us shoot shit about basketball and whatever else comes to our dumb eight brains. That just means the world's up to me and to Zach too, I'm sure. I don't want to speak for yeah, him, but maybe. I think he really cares. Yeah, the Venmos mean the Venmos mean more, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sick. <clears throat> so <laughs> the usual MO here. Subscribe on all three channels, Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Um tell everybody, friends, family enemies, acquaintances, people who don't even know. Shout out in the streets. All things we've said before. Uh, put in put in your Tinder bios, put in your hinge bios, put in your yep. fucking LinkedIn. Put in put in your fucking LinkedIn. Put it in yep. your gamer tag on Xbox. Make it walls out podcast as your gamer tag. Tell everybody about it. Mm-hmm. Get it tattooed uh, on your bodies. It. I was literally just gonna say yeah. get it tattooed <laughs> on your body. <laughs> Fucking scream it into a rock, throw it into a river. Somebody will figure it out. <laughs> just any any way if we you make can it get someday, I swear. There, just and fucking spread it. With all of you listening as my witness, I will get a balls <laughs> well, out tattoo. Right at the fucking end there. Now, make it is very subjective, and it'll be up to me whether we've made it or not. But if oh, we do, just a lot. fit my definition of make it, I will get balls out tattooed on my body. Oh yeah, um, I might do the tattoo. <laughs> might. Yeah, I'll give it a definite maybe for sure. <laughs> All right, let me get that in writing. I'm gonna get the contract right, tattooed yeah. on my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the tat- the contract tattooed. I'll sign it on you. <laughs> then oh, at that beautiful. point, we'll have it set. Terrific. All right, everybody. So. uh Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, remember to tune in next week. Uh, follow us on all of our social media channels, uh, our personals, our professionals, or lack thereof, and uh, <laughs> to stay up to date. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks a lot. Love you. Peace.